This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode number 76. Music, God's gift or Satan's tool. Times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear. How's that stay? Humbling your hearts to God. Satan, the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod. Christians away. And welcome to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric. Glad you could join us today. Special day here for us at That's in the Bible. It is our 10th anniversary special. That's right. Started this podcast in 2009. Here we are, 2019, Lord willing, and we're still continuing on. And uh, it's again, it's called That's in the Bible, which means that we take a look at things that are found in the Bible. I did a quick email search. No, not an email search. I did a quick uh, web search and found out that there's all kinds of things now called what's in the Bible or is that in the Bible or can't find my Bible. All, all different kinds of things <laughs> that are on the web now related to this. Well, we were the originals back way back in 2009. So we've got a uh, special show for you. We've got some special guests here today. Um, matter of fact, we've got three other special guests along with myself. We've got uh, the special guest, uh, Stephen Bear. Is that Steve A. Bear? Uh, I often use my middle initial. Yes, it is. Steve A. Bear. Sounds familiar, A. Bear. Yeah, A. Bear. <laughs> so, anyway, we've got uh, Pastor Stephen A. Bear out there in beautiful <laughs> Buffalo, New York. <laughs> And Steve, you, you guys have no snow there right now, even though it's December. I'm sorry, January. Uh, no, we don't. No, but it was uh, really cold over the weekend. Uh, so uh, we oh. had a blast of winter as far as the uh, temperature and the wind. So I don't think you want to play the cold cold game. It was colder. No. No, we were close, but not, not close enough. Okay. And the other We were s- keeping track of that. We were keeping track of that uh, just to find out who was colder, so... It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> competition. It's pretty cold up there in the Arctic. We've got another special guest. We've got uh, youth pastor, missionary. I don't know what other hats you're wearing up there, Matt. Uh, driver, carpenter. Some warm hat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> A little bit of everything up there in the Arctic. We've got uh, Matthew Sutton. Nice name, by the way. Amen. He's That's a good joining last us. Name. He's, a, he's he's special joining us from the Arctic. Special guest. I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> special. And last oh, but certainly yeah. not least, Pastor Strobel. Strobel. <laughs> <laughs> you think by pronouncing our names differently that we become yeah, we're, special guests? We're, we're brand new. <laughs> Sounds new, doesn't it? It, it does. From France, I, Pastor Strobel. <laughs> Negatory. I don't think that I. I don't think our family actually hails from France. No. no. Where do you guys uh, hail from? I, I believe it would be uh, ultimately Germany. Although, of course, there's a lot of mixtures along the way getting back there. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome everybody, and here we are, ten year anniversary, and um, 
Now, I believe that we talked a little shortly before it and, and uh, the show started, and Pastor Strobel came up with the idea of giving away his Bible for... Uh, <laughs> Now, all is, that, his notes. is that the Bible you've written in for years? Is Which one do you give it away? <laughs> I can tell you that that's not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided against that? Um, actually, I never decided for that. <laughs> yeah, really. This is taking some license and liberties on the tenth anniversary. Hey. But there is there is going to give a, be a giveaway. There, so, actually, and it does have to do with the Bible. Yes. And, it and, is I did, bu- and I did I did bring that up, yes. You did. You suggested it. So we are giving you a uh, brand new Bible with no notes in it. Uh, it's a um, TBS, the Trinitarian Bible Society Bible. Very much like the Cambridge, uh, I think it's called Large Print, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, yep. And um, fantastic Bible. And we are giving that away. And you're asking me, I know, how? How is that happening? Well, we have a phone number. So we're going to test it out. The phone number is 716-584-1611. And we're going to take the 10th caller and give him this Bible. And you're saying, why the 10th caller? (laughs) Are you saying that? I'm in suspense. What? Why? It's our ten year anniversary. Oh, oh yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, we're not okay. just throwing out numbers at yeah, random. There was here. a method behind the madness. There. there is. We're not throwing out numbers at random. This is a real deal here. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, how you said it, or how Steve didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so for our tenth anniversary, we're sending you a beautiful King James, of course, Bible. Amen. And um, Pastor Strobel will tell you why it's King James. Uh, because that's the English Bible that the Lord preserved for us. Yeah. And we do have studies about that on uh, the uh, website as well. We've got quite a few studies now. Because this being episode number 76, and we're talking about music today. Music, God's gift or Satan's tool. Amen. Yeah, amen. So Matt and Matt, I know you we were, should, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, we should probably mention that uh, we won't put your message that you call in and leave on the podcast unless you want us to, because <laughs> some people might be scared to call in thinking that we might put them on the podcast. So we should probably mention that too. True. Well, your, your privacy, of course, is safe with us. Even though Pastor Steve may try to encourage me to do that, I will not do that. <laughs> And I will, I will take the high road. And look, some folks, you don't have to worry about me. You have to worry about the one that's talking right there. <laughs> no, actually, we're, we'll we'll make sure that everything's above board, and we won't uh, reveal anybody's identification. And that phone number, Eric, isn't that the uh, listener feedback line that you do mention at the end of the it, program? It is. So it's seven one six five eight four sixteen eleven. Again, that's seven one six five eight four sixteen eleven. So basically, you'll just need to call in and uh, leave uh, some way for Eric to contact you, and then he can contact the winner, get your info, and uh, he'll mail it out to you. So email or phone, whatever is going to work for you. Uh, Smoke signal probably won't work because it's too far. (laughs) But some realistic way for me to get a hold of you so I can get this Bible to you. 
I don't think text messaging either, right? Text messaging won't work on that. Um, no, I don't think it would. You you could try, but you wouldn't be the tenth. <laughs> so that's our plan for today. We're going to take a look at what the Bible says about music, and uh, we're going to celebrate our tenth anniversary. Steve, Pastor Steve, I know is the cake. I have the cake. You have, you have the noisemakers too? Or, or uh, no, that, that's your department. Sorry about that. And the noisemaker guy? What are they? You have the noisemaker guy. And I'm the look, fireworks? I'm looking for it. I don't see it. Oh, he's getting something. I can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> this could be bad. For those of you that don't stay all the way to the, to the very end of the podcast, you miss out on some sound effects that uh, we enjoy hearing. Uh, <laughs> when we finish the podcast ourselves. So I would encourage you to f- listen all the way to the very end. Right, Eric? It's true. Eric is gone. Oh no, Eric's, <laughs> Eric's here. Oh. I, I, I'm looking for my uh, noisemaker. I couldn't, I couldn't find it, but, um, yes, that, that is correct. Steve, do you have anything else to add on there? No, I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Okay. You've been buzzed. So, so, so here we are, 10 years, 2009, the, the podcast started. It started initially with just uh, Matthew and myself. And if you listen to those early podcasts, you may be wondering who those people We're are. Sorry. <laughs> you may be wondering who those first couple of episodes are. Those are, they're very scripted. Unlike today, as you can see, it's, there's pretty much no script happening right at the moment. But, um, it could be good or bad, I guess. <laughs> yes. And apparently we lost Pastor Steve and Pastor Stroh. I'm here. I'm here. Right. I'm here. Just, We're just letting you guys ramble. Let's <laughs> trying to disassociate themselves from what's happening. <laughs> yeah. We're not part of this. <laughs> well, I can um, see. You're talking about the early days. I wasn't there. I mean, the first right. two episodes, you guys were doing scripted stuff and sounded very stilted and. We just wow. let you. Oh, go see, with it. now he's putting us down. See? Well, I, you drag it out of me. I mean, you know, that's what Eric lives for. It's the 10th anniversary and every, everything goes. So you came, in on the, you came in on the third one, Steve? I did. I did. I came in on the third. Very stilted myself, by the way. Did you come in with Is the Bible for Everyone then? Yes. That was you. The other one following that, I did the, the uh, fourth and the fifth. Uh, Third and the fourth one. Uh, is everything is written for in the everyone, Bible for me? Uh, yeah. It's everything in the Bible for and, me. And yeah. Pastor Strobel, where did you come in? Do you remember? I don't know, but I know I came in before I came in because uh, you, you did uh, take one of the Sunday school classes I taught at the church and put that on uh, for one of the podcasts before oh, yeah. I, I joined up, um, having to do with Easter. Right. Well, that was <sighs> podcast number 10. And what does the Bible say about Easter? And so somewhere after that, I'd have to go back and, and check. I'm thinking that probably the first study I did had to do with how to understand the Bible, but I'd have to double check to, to make sure that was it. But I am the latecomer, so it hasn't been 10 years for me. But anyway, so we're going to take a look at music today when we're going to uh, see if it's God's gift or Satan's tool. And uh, Matthew, are you ready to do that? I'm ready. Let me see if I'm ready. And I think I am. All right, so here we go, guys. Oh, 
All right, amen. Thank you so much, guys. Let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Well, dear Father, the Lord, we just thank you again for, Lord, the opportunity to be able to do this podcast, Lord. And I just pray right now you'd be with my mind, be with my heart. Uh, Lord, be with my mouth. Lord, I pray you'd give me the words to speak. And Lord, uh, help me not to uh, stammer and stutter. Lord, help me just to be able to bring forth, uh, Lord, this study. I think it's very, very important, and I believe you believe it is as well. Lord, we just pray again that you just bathe this in your blood. Thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ dying for us, being buried, rising again that we may have eternal life by receiving Him as our Savior. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the title again of this podcast here, this study, is Music, God's Gift, or Satan's Tool. God's Gift, or Satan's Tool. Uh, It kind of goes along the same lines of what does God think about music? And a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about music and what music they like and what music they believe God likes or if God's even okay with music. Some, Some... Religious uh, uh, denominations and, and uh, cults even, or other places, uh, anybody. I mean, they, they might just believe that uh, God isn't for music at all. <clears throat> that God is totally against music. Uh, another question is, is God pleased with all music? Uh, is there some music that God is pleased with, but then is there some music that God isn't pleased with? And uh, by God's grace, we're going to look at some of these things here. Let's turn with me to Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38. And here in Job chapter 38, of course, we know what's going on here, the context of this. We have God now going back to Job and answering him and uh, pretty much, uh, in a way, uh, putting him, not necessarily putting him down, but just kind of setting him in his place. In Job chapter 38, verse 1, the Bible says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. So God's going to ask some questions to Job here. Verse 4, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? So uh, God is talking about, listen, Job, were, were you there when I created the earth? Look at verse 7. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, the book of Job is the oldest book of your Bible, and of course, this is talking about uh, the very beginning of the creation there when God creates um, the earth here. And uh, he says, When the morning stars sang, so there you got music, together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Again, the morning stars, we're not going to go into all that, but Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, talks about uh, the stars being angels. So here you have the morning stars, the angels, they sang together. And uh, shouting for joy, the sons of God were. And so here you have uh, kind of the first reference to music in regards to the creation of the earth. You know, music is very powerful. It's a very powerful tool. And music has a history upon this earth. Uh, even right from the very, very beginning, when, when God created the earth here, music, right when he was uh, fastening the foundations of the earth and, and creating the foundations, uh, music was uh, here, right right in the very beginning, right in the creation. Now, I've got a quote from, uh, from Bono here. Uh, he is uh, from the rock band U2, and uh, he made this statement. He said, music can change the world because it can change people. Music can change the world because it can change people. Now, 
Listen, I understand that it's not a quote from the Bible, okay? Uh, but I believe there's a great amount of truth in that statement, all right? I, I, I truly believe that. I believe that music can change the world because it can change people. And uh, again, the question, though, is uh, there was music present, all right, in the very beginning, in the creation of the earth here. But what, could, what does God think about the music? Uh, is he pleased with, with all types of music? Look at me to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. In Ezekiel chapter 28, of course, here we have um, Lucifer, the anointed cherub that covereth here. And, of course, this is uh, Satan before he fell, and he was created perfect by God. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 12 says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in eat in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, the gold. Uh, the, uh, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now, of course, we know Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, uh, Lord Jesus Christ created everything that is upon this earth and, and that's in the universe and all that. So, uh, Jesus Christ... God Almighty, God in human flesh, and uh, he created the devil. He created um, uh, the anointed cherub that covereth here. And it says that he created uh, the anointed cherub that covereth with tabrets and pipes. And it says in verse 14, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways, from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. So, just like God created Adam and Eve, uh, but they fell, God created them first, uh, perfect, uh, sinless. Um, uh, you have here Satan, Lucifer, uh, the anointed cherub that covereth, he was created perfect before he fell. Uh, of course, it was his choice, free will to fall, but God created him perfect. And it says here that uh, in that uh, creation that was perfect, he created in the devil, tabrets, which are kind of like percussion instruments, or um, you kind of, uh, you have like the percussion, like cymbals and things like that. And then you've got, and of thy pipes, okay? So you've got pipes here. Uh, you've got uh, such as wind instruments, okay? Either wood or metal, uh, like your wind pipes. We talk about that. You can sing through your wind pipes. You got pipes of an organ. You got other instruments also. And uh, Lucifer here was created perfect with music, musical instruments built right into him. Look at Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. What I'm trying to get at here, just to give an introduction, is uh, God created musical beings for a reason. All right? God's not against music in and of itself. He's not. All right? Uh, so what does God think about music? Uh, he created musical beings. Again, the angels shouted and sang, okay? So he created the angels to be, be able to uh, sing some music. He created the devil to be able to, again, sing and, and, and you know, have the tabrets and pipes built into them. And then, of course, we've got us with windpipes and all that. And uh, we have the ability, God's created us with the ability to be able to sing out and create music. Revelation chapter 5, here we have heaven, okay? Here is heaven, uh, and uh, look what's going on in heaven. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. 
And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Now, <laughs> I have to make uh, just a correction here. I think it was on my study that I did, uh, What is Heaven Like? Uh, on this podcast. I did it a while ago. I said there's no harps in heaven. You know, all those people, you know, hanging out on clouds with harps. Listen, there are harps. <laughs> there are harps in heaven, okay? Uh, look at verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou hast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So here they have vials, okay, but uh, full of odors and all that. But before that, it says that uh, they have... Um, there in verse 8, it says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps okay so there's there is harps there look at verse nine and they sung a new song so there's singing there's harps music in heaven uh listen if that was if god didn't want music if god didn't like music he would just uh not allow that in heaven he'd cast that out look at revelation chapter 14 revelation chapter 14 look at verse 1 and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Uh, look at verse 3. And it says, And they sung as it were a new song before the throne. And before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. You talk about some amazing, amazing music that's going to be taking place in heaven. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to uh, see it, hear it, uh, participate in it. <laughs> All right. I, I don't have very much of a musical uh, voice. Uh, you know, I know my father-in-law might want to argue with me about that and say I'm a great singer, you know, <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm a terrible singer. I really am. I'm, I'm, uh, I make a joyful noise to the Lord <clears throat> and... Um, and that's what God wants. But boy, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a perfect voice that's going to be able to just shout out to the Lord and it's just going to bring them some, some pleasure. Now, that brings me to uh, my first point here. What is the purpose? What purpose did God create musical beings? I mean, why, why did he create us? If, if, if he created musical beings, why, why did he create them like that? Look at Revelation chapter 4. What's the point of, of creating uh, beings that can create music like that. Look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. So why has God created all things? And again, created them with uh, musical instruments in a way. And for Thy pleasure, they are and were created. So ultimately, God created us with uh, musical, we have windpipes, and, and God created the devil with tabrets and pipes created into them, and the angels were able to sing and shout out uh, glory for the Lord. Uh, the ultimate reason, all right, the primary reason why God has created us to be musical beings is to bring Him pleasure. That, that's the bottom line, <clears throat> to bring the Lord pleasure. It's its primarily to worship and glorify God. Look at First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles chapter 16. You know what most people 
uh, I can't say most people, but there's a lot of times when people say, well, I'm going to pick the music that I'm going to listen to that I enjoy, or I'm going to play the music and sing the music and perform the music that I enjoy to do. And unfortunately, too many times they, they totally miss the whole primarily, primary uh, purpose of why God has created us as musical beings and given us, of course, the skill and uh, you know, some people have just the gift also of just being able to pick up instruments without hardly any practice and be able to learn them and uh, just create just beautiful music. Uh, why has God done that? Well, primarily to give him pleasure. And that should be our focus. If you're playing anything, listening to anything, uh, it should be, number one, does it bring pleasure to the Lord? Look at First uh, Chronicles chapter 16. Music was not or we weren't created as musical beings primarily to please ourselves with it or enjoy it ourselves, okay? It was primarily, we're created that way primarily to be able to minister, to be able to please the Lord. Look at First Chronicles chapter 16. Uh, look at verse 8. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8, the Bible says this, Give thanks unto the Lord, <clears throat> call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people, sing unto Him. All right, look at that. It says, sing unto him. So this is why why we're supposed to be singing. This is why we're supposed to be performing. It is not for us primarily. It's not for others primarily. It's primarily to sing to him. Verse 9, sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Look at verse 23. Sing unto the Lord. Again, you see that? It's just to the Lord. All the earth show forth from day to day. His salvation. Look at Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine. Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine. And in Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, look at verse twenty-five. The Bible says, and he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandment of David and of Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet, for so was the commandment of the Lord. By his prophets. So again, this is a commandment of the Lord to uh, have all these musical instruments and everybody set up. And uh, look at verse 26. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. Uh, they're worshiping the Lord by singing and, and playing these instruments. Look at verse 29. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshiped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Again, it's it's primarily, music is primarily, the reason why we have it is to worship and glorify God, to bring Him pleasure. Look at Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9. Uh, we, we could just, you know, go through a lot of scriptures here in regards to this. So we'll just go through a few more. Psalm 9-11, Bible says, Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion, declare among the people his doing. Sing, sing praises to the Lord. Look at uh, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 30, verse 4. Chapter 30, look at verse 4. 
The Bible says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. So again, sing unto the Lord. Sing to him. Look at uh, chapter 33, verse 2. The Bible says, Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Sing unto him. Look at uh, chapter 46. And chapter 46, now let's go to chapter 47, verse 6. Um, chapter 47, verse 6, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our King, sing praises. Uh, chapter 135, verse 3, Psalm 135. And uh, Psalm 135, verse 3 says this, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. Now look at me to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll get uh, a New Testament passage on this. Ephesians chapter 5. So as you can see, the primary, uh, primary reason that God has created us as musical beings to be able to create music is not primarily for us, not primarily for others. It's primarily to worship and glorify God, to please Him. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, what's the first thing that takes place when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay, Not with uh, you know wine and, of course, spirits and all that that come with wine. Uh, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, look what it takes place. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms, which we just read a bunch of verses from the Psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So there's a lot in that uh, passage there that we could go over. But uh, the thing is there, it says that that uh, we're supposed to, in our heart, making melody in our heart to the Lord. The Lord looks at your heart when you sing. He's not looking at your talents. You know, I, listen, I, I understand that God does enjoy, you know, somebody that can sing really well, but you know, sometimes some people get up there in church or wherever and they're singing and they're singing a great song that I've heard before and all that. And, and they've got just the most amazing voice, but boy, their heart's not in it. And you might've been there as well and be able to hear and uh, experience people that are up there. And you could just tell they're just doing it to kind of be a show or they're just trusting in their good musical talent. And, and a lot of times they do have a lot of great musical talent, okay? But when their heart's not in it, you can tell. And God can tell. And you know what? Uh, there's been times when people have gotten up in church and uh, they just, you know, they can't hold like me. <laughs> All right, I don't get, I don't usually get up there in front of church by myself and sing, but, uh, but there's some people that do. And, and some of them don't have, uh, I would say, very uh, good talent in regards to being able to know if they're on key or not. And, uh, but you know what? Their heart is in it. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting or ch you know church service where somebody gets up there, they're a terrible singer, but boy, they're so excited about singing to the Lord. And uh, they're not worried about anybody else in the room necessarily. They're just trying to sing out to the Lord. And uh, I tell you what, I, I've been in I've been in meetings there that's been recorded, and I'm like, wow, that was an amazing song. That was an that was just an amazing thing. 
And then later I'll get the CD or MP3 and, and I'll listen to it. And I'm like, man, they were really bad. But, you know, there was the, the thing is when you're there and that person is singing and their heart is in it and the spirit is in it and they're singing in filled with the Holy Spirit, there's something right then and there that takes place in that building where it's just uh, you talk about the Holy Spirit taking over. And, and that's what that is. We're primarily supposed to from our heart. Okay, being able to make melody to the Lord. And um, you look at what type of music that is. It talks about right there in verse 19, Psalms. Okay, that's primarily from the book of Psalms. Hymns, okay, from like our hymn books and things. And spiritual songs. It, it feeds the spirit, okay? We'll go over that a little bit more as well. Now, look with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, we'll see a new, another New Testament passage on this. Colossians chapter 3, and look at verse 16. Now, this is the second purpose that God has created us as musical beings, okay? Uh, the secondary purpose of music is found here in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So, teaching and admonishing. Well, how, how are you doing that? Well, it says right there with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, primarily, okay, God in Titus chapter 1, verse 3, I believe it is, talks about in these last days, he's uh, revealed, manifest, manifested his word through preaching. Okay, so we can't take away from the preaching of the word of God by just singing songs all the time, okay? But but there is a ministry in regards to uh, singing and music. Look at me to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. The secondary purpose of music is to edify and build up Christians. Look with me to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Uh, after I got saved, you know, as a new Christian, and listen, I'm still growing. Uh, anybody that knows me, I'm still growing, okay? Uh, praise God for that. But uh, <clears throat> listen, you, you, you learn things. And, and I remember when I first got saved and people were talking about music ministries and things. And I'm just thinking to myself, come on. You know, God just cares about preaching, preaching, preaching. And, and that's true. God does care about preaching. And it's it's so, so important. But there's also uh, uh, music can minister to uh, you and others as well. And again, primary reason is to minister to the Lord, please Him. But second, secondary here is is to be able to minister to others. Uh, and what you do is you teach and admonish one another with that music. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 31. Look at verse 19. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19 says this. Now therefore write ye this song for you and teach it to the, ch uh, and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. So here's God, and he's saying, listen, I want you to write out this song. I want everybody to get it and memorize it and be able to sing it out uh, so that it's a, a witness against them about what I say to them. Now look at verse 20. For when I shall have brought them in the land, which I swear unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, 
Then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about even now, before I have brought them in the land, which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel. So you have this song here. And many times, uh, you know, Israel would be singing this song and it would just bring it back to him and say, wow, you know, we made this promise to the Lord that we're going to keep his commandments. We're going to, we're going to stay right with him. And boy, I mean, this, this song right now is testifying to our hearts that we haven't been doing right. We need to get right. And I can't tell you how many countless times, whether in church, whether uh, at the um, invitation time, you know, I wasn't going to go forward and, and uh, music just gets a hold of me and the words especially get a hold of me. And, and I'm like, wow, I need to get this right. Or, um, and, uh, and there's been times just, just um, probably about a month ago, I was out shoveling the ice rink, getting it ready for ice skating for the kids on Saturday. And I was listening to Final Fight Bible Radio and there was a song on there that just got a hold of my heart. And, you know, I, right then and there, I said, Lord, boy, you know, I really I really have fallen short. And, boy, I, w- I pray that you'd forgive me and help me, strengthen me to just do better. And, boy, you know what that is? That is, that is um, teaching and admonishing me through music, through somebody that was singing and performing that, that was ultimately they were doing it for the Lord. But you know what? Secondarily, it, it, it affected my heart and it, and it got me to get closer to the Lord. It, it helped my walk with the Lord. And, and that's the, uh, the secondary um, thing that music can do is it can really minister to other people as well. Now, look at me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So number one, God created us as musical beings. Number one, it's to please the Lord. Secondly, it's, of course, to minister to others, admonish and teach others, and help their walk with the Lord. Now, look at me here for my second point, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, since God desires to be worshipped, um, you know, desires to be worshipped and glorified by music, there really can be no doubt in my mind that the devil himself desires to be worshipped and glorified by music as well. I mean, if if the Lord wants to be worshipped with music, then we know the devil is a great counterfeiter in, in anything that the Lord likes or has wants to have done for him, the devil wants to have the same thing done for him, just in his own way. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So of course, here's the Antichrist, and he's uh, here with the power of uh, Satan, and he wants to be worshipped just as God is worshipped. He, he's trying to show himself that he is God, when of course he's not, and he wants to be worshipped just like God's worshipped. Look with me to Exodus chapter 32. So just as uh, God wants to be worshipped with music, so does the devil. No doubt about it. Look at Exodus chapter 32. We'll see a, an example of this in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 32 So my second point is, is there music that God does not accept? 
Okay, now he he has created us as musical beings, no doubt about it. But is there music that God does not accept? Now, we're going to see here that Satan's got music that he loves, okay? That he wants to be worshipped in his own way. Look at Exodus chapter 32. Now, we're not going to go through this whole thing. We know what's going on here. Um, Moses is going up to the mount there to meet with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, the the nation of Israel just makes a mess of it with uh, Aaron here. And look at Exodus chapter 32. And look at verse 7. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 7. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf. Now, if you know anything about the devil, he loves uh, different um, idols like that and things that he tries to get people to worship. And a calf is one of the most wicked things uh, in regards to uh, pagan idolatry. And it goes on and says, and they have worshipped it. So they're not worshipping God anymore. They're worshipping this uh, calf, this golden molten calf. And have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So here is the devil being worshipped, just like he wants. He's being worshipped, okay? If, listen, if you're not worshipping God, you are worshipping the devil uh, when you're worshipping, okay? Look at uh, uh, Exodus chapter 32, verse 15. So go down to verse 15. The Bible says, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is noise of war in the camp. So he says, listen, there must be getting attacked. Look at verse 18. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Look at verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. So they come down off of the mount there, and Moses realizes here they are, they're singing, they're, they're worshiping, of course, the devil with his molten calf, they're running around that thing, and, and they're singing, they're making noise, they're, they're singing out, and it sounds like a war. It sounds like there's thousands of people, you know, swords, shields, and armor clashing loudly against, uh, you know, each other, thousands of cries and shouts at the top of their lungs. It sounds like a, a huge battle, but you know what it is? They're just making music. <laughs> And uh, that music, you know, Moses said, wow, this is, this is the wrong thing that's going on here. And what did it uh, bring forth? It brought, brought forth nakedness. Uh, so I want you to see here that, uh, that the devil loves music like that. He does. He, he, when he gets worshipped, that's, that's the kind of music he wants. It sounds like warfare. It sounds like just crazy, loud uh, in your face, uh, again, swords, shields, armor clashing really loud against one another, just uh, just like uh, it's just out of control. Now look with me to First Samuel chapter sixteen. First Samuel chapter sixteen. And in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse fourteen. 
The Bible says, But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp, and it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. So here, of course, the Holy Spirit leaves um, Saul, and they say, listen, we got to get you somebody that's good, that makes good music, okay, and uh, it, it'll get rid of that evil spirit. And look with me to First Samuel chapter 18. There is, there is music that devils hate, and that the devil hates, uh, and that's good godly music. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, look at verse 10. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand, and Saul cast a javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided, uh, avoided out of his presence twice. Uh, that evil spirit inside Saul can't stand that music that David's playing and tries to kill him. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 19. I'm just going to tell you right now that there is music that uh, good godly music that people that are either not right with God or lost or uh, they have an evil spirit inside of them when they hear hymns and good spiritual songs, uh, they want they just they can't stand it. And, and you see that in the Bible. Look at First Samuel chapter 19 verse 9. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand and David played, with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence and he smote the javelin into the wall and David fled and escaped that night. Uh, there's music that the devil can't stand. So I want you to see that uh, God himself now has music that he can't stand either. Uh, look at me to John chapter 4. You say, what kind of music does God accept? John chapter 4. John chapter 4, look at verse 24. The Bible says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, God enjoys and is for music that feeds your spirit, not your flesh. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we've already seen this passage, but Ephesians chapter 5. And Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 18 again. And be not drunk with wine wherein is the excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So again, uh, God, God enjoys and God is for songs that feed the Spirit, okay, that feed your spirit. Now what's the type of music that God does not like or does not accept? Look with me to Galatians chapter 5. And we'll see the type of music that God does not accept. And, of course, that the devil loves. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So we're not supposed to use our liberty for an occasion to the flesh. God's, God's against our flesh. You know that. Look at uh, verse 16. This I say, then, walk in the Spirit... And he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh 
are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as have I also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That is the music uh, that feeds the flesh here, and, and of course the works of the flesh are just, you know, a lot of sexual sins, uh, terrible fornication, uncleanness, idolatry, uh, seditions, revelings, drunkenness, envyings, murders, all those kinds of things. That's the, that's the music the devil likes. But you know what? Uh, God doesn't God doesn't accept that music. God God's against that music. Anything that feeds that flesh and the works of the flesh, God's against it. And so what I want you to see is there is music that God does not accept. And that's the music that feeds the flesh. All right? But that is music that the devil loves. And every time you take part you participate in that kind of a music that feeds the flesh, uh, the devil gets worshiped and the devil loves it. Now, look with me uh, in your Bibles to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. My last point here, and we're done. So first, God created us as musical beings, ultimately to give Him pleasure, to glorify and honor Him, and secondarily, to uh, admonish and teach others, to be a ministry to others, minister to others. Uh, secondly, uh, the question is, again, is there music that God does not accept? And that is true. There, there, there is music that He does not accept. And that's music that doesn't feed the Spirit, but it feeds your flesh. Now, Titus chapter 2, look at verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We, of course, know who the God of this world is. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It's the devil. Now, um, I know I might uh, have some people right now that uh, listen to this, some of this kind of music and might get mad at me and might even turn off this podcast and not ever listen to us again. I understand that. But Proverbs 18 verse 13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. So, uh, listen, if, if you're just going to shut me off right now without hearing me out on this last point, uh, just just please hear me out. All right? Just just just. Stick with it, all right? If, if you don't agree with this afterwards, then that's fine, but at least hear me out. Now, my last point here, number three, Christians have no business participating in rock and roll or any other worldly music. No business at all. Now, I want you just to give you some quotes from modern, uh, even the, some of this stuff is old, old from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and people like that. Some of you might not even know any of these people. But I want you to see how uh, even out of their own mouths, they tell you exactly what their music is all about. This music of the flesh, okay? This rock music. Um, now, this is uh, Deborah Harry uh, from Hit Parader. Uh, or Parader, however you say it. <laughs> Probably some of you are laughing at me right now for not knowing how to say that. But uh, she said this, the main ingredients in rock are sex and sass. Again, that, that goes right back to the works of the flesh that God's against. Ted Nugent, he said, rock is the total celebration of the physical. Again, your, the physical is the flesh. It's just a celebration of your flesh. Uh, you can't tell me that God's not against that. There's, there's people that say, well, I'm a Christian, but I love to listen to rock and roll, classic rock, and, and other stuff like that. Listen, you're telling me after you hear all these quotes from these um, rock stars and other stars, you're telling me that uh, God's okay with that? 
Uh, James Conner from Newsweek, May 6, 1985, said this, At the very least, rock is turning sex into something casual. Uh, John Lennon, of course, from the Beatles, he said this, The whole Beatles idea was to do what you want, do what thou wilt, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody. He just says, do what you want. That's what rock is all about, just do what you want. Don't worry about what God says. Uh, Mick Jagger, uh, of course, from the Rolling Stones, he says this, The best rock and roll music encapsulates a certain high energy and angriness, whether on record or on stage. That is, rock and roll is only rock and roll if it's not safe. Violence and energy, and that's really what rock and roll is all about. Now, Debbie Harry of the rock band Blondie said this, Rock and roll is all sex, 100% sex. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling kind of uh, dirty just talking about this stuff and what they're saying, but this is out of their own mouths. They're talking about this. their music that they create is totally against God. Uh, Paul Kantner of the Jefferson Airplane said this, Our music is intended to change one set of values to another. Free minds, free dope, free bodies, free music. <laughs> rock drummer uh, King Coffee said this, The whole idea of rock and roll is to offend your parents. Um... I'll do a few more here. I've got a bunch. I'll, I'll put them up on the show notes. Uh, now, Jimi Hendrix. He said this, Atmospheres are going to come through music because the music is a spiritual thing of its own. You hypnotize people to where they go right back to their natural state. Well, what's your natural state? You're sinful. You're, you're flesh. He goes on and says this, which is pure positive, the subconscious that we want to say. People want to release any kind of way nowadays. The idea is to release in the proper form. Then they'll feel like going into another world, a clearer world. The music flows from the air. That's why I connect with the spirit. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix knew it. He said, I'm connecting with the spirit. And he goes on and he says, and when they come down off this natural high, they see clear, feel different things. Now, David Winter, um, new singer, new song, he said this, In an incessant beat does erode a sense of responsibility in much the same way as alcohol does. You feel in the grip of a relentless stream of sound to which something very basic and primitive in the human nature responds. Boy, I tell you what. Uh, Doctors Daniel and Bernadette uh, Skubik said this, Rock music involves a uh, neurophysiological condition in connotation or felt meaning, linking aggression and sexuality, aggression linked with sexuality. Our basic claim is that the rock music itself induces a behavior link between aggression and sexuality. Little Richard, he said this, rock and roll doesn't glorify God. (laughs) You can't drink out of God's cup and the devil's cup at the same time. I was one of the pioneers of that music, one of the builders. I know that the blocks are made of because I built them. John Oates of uh, the Rock Duo Hall and Oates, he said, Rock and roll is 99% sex. Um, let's go on here. Frank Zappa, rock music is sex. The big beat matches the body's rhythms. Um, Malcolm McLaurin, he's a punk rock manager. He said, rock and roll is pagan and primitive and very jungle, and that's how it should be. The moment it stops being those things, it's dead. The true meaning of rock is sex, subversion, and style. You're telling me, uh, as a Christian, as a child of God, that God is okay with you listening to this stuff? Listen, I, I, I hear arguments sometimes. Christians say, "Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to it in church or anything like that." But, but we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nineteen to twenty, and we're supposed to um, uh, sacrifice our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Romans chapter twelve, verses one to two. And you're going to be listening to this trash. Uh, God's not for that. 
Uh, Time Magazine, January third, nineteen sixty nine. In a sense of, uh, in a sense, all rock is revolutionary by its very beat and sound. It has always uh, implicitly rejected restraints and has celebrated freedom and sexuality. Now I'm not going to keep going on all this. I've got a whole bunch, okay? But uh, there's others that say, well, co- contemporary Christian music's okay. Uh, they call it Christian rock. Christian rock. Uh, listen, after you just heard. Okay, the foundation of that rock music, what it's all about. And you're just going to put some Christian lyrics onto it, and you're going to think that's okay? Well, they've already said, we've already read some, how the beat, it's not just the lyrics, it's the beat that also gets to you. Um, Donnie Brower of the 70s group Grand uh, Punk, or Funk I think it is, he said this, We take the kids away from their parents and their environment to where the only reality is the rhythm and the beat. Michael Jackson He was asked why he did the filthy hand gestures on stage, and he said this, It's the music that compels me to do it. You don't think about it, it just happens. I'm a slave to the rhythm. Um, Dr. David Elkind uh, from Tufts University said this, There is a great deal of powerful, albeit subliminal, sexual stimulation implicit in both the rhythm and the lyrics of rock music. So he said it's not just the uh, lyrics. Listen, you... If you think just changing the lyrics on those guitar riffs and, and the drum beats and stuff and just adding Jesus Christ and salvation to them is okay, uh, it's not. Because it's not, just the, it's not just the lyrics that's danger and, and that's feeding your flesh. It's the rhythm. It's the beat. Um, I think I've got at least a couple more in regards to the beat and all that. I've already read a couple of them. Uh, Gene Simmons from KISS, he said, that's what rock is all about, sex with a hundred megaton bomb, the beat. Again, he's not saying it's the words, he's saying it's the beat. Little Richard, he said, my true belief about rock and roll is this, I believe this kind of music is demonic. (laughs) A lot of the beats in music today are taken from voodoo, from the voodoo drums. So, um, if, if you think you can listen to contemporary Christian music, all right, and, and listen to Christian rock and all that, and God's okay with it, I'm sorry. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I believe God's totally against it, okay? You say, well, what should I do about it? Well, we're not going to go to the passage, but if you've got a bunch of CDs, albums, tapes, whatever you got that uh, has this stuff, destroy it. Acts chapter 19, verses 18 to 20, you can read through that in your own time. They destroyed all those things that were against God, and then the Word of God um, totally just um, flourished, okay? Uh, you say, well, what about reaching the lost with the music? I mean, can't we just reach the lost with the music? Listen, we're not supposed to reach the lost with the music. Now, sometimes good, godly music does get a hold of some hearts and soften them for their message, but ultimately, uh, to be able to reach the world with the gospel, it's through preaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe, okay? So it's, it's not through music that we're supposed to be able to reach these people. Music primarily, God's created us to be able to worship and glorify and honor Him. It's also to uh, minister to others that are saved, to stay close with the Lord. There is music that God does not accept, and that's that fleshly music that the devil loves to be worshipped by. And again, no doubt about it, Christians have no business participating in rock and roll or any other worldly music. If you get rid of any of that music that you got, praise the Lord. Now you you know what you got to do? You got to replace it with good, godly, spiritual 
music. Um, again, Final Fight Baba Radio. You can uh, download the app or just listen to it uh, on the internet, whatever. They've got some good spiritual music on there, okay? Again, Bono from the Rock Band U2. This is the quote I said from the very beginning. He said, music can change the world because it can change people. So the music that you're listening to, does it change you in a good way for the Lord? Or does it change you in a bad, negative way to where actually the devil pleasure from your music. All right, thanks guys. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Amen. <clears throat> and uh, you know, just hearing that that last portion, um I, I feel like I need to go take a shower. Or, yeah. Or re- read the Bible. Get some scripture, get washed and cleansed by the word. Um but it's true. I mean, um for me, music uh, growing up as a kid, um, I grew up in the uh, late uh, 60s, early 70s, and music was big. I mean, it was part of the culture of the youth. Uh, it seemed to be everywhere, and it seemed to be um, pervasive. Um, but even then, it was kind of the, I mean, it was hidden in the beat. The words were sometimes there today. They're not even trying to hide anything. Today, with the rap and the so-called rock and country rock that they've got going, it's, it's pretty blatant. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's right there, kind of in your face. And, you know, for, and I've, I've noticed, even since being a Christian, if at any time that I started to slip, started to lean back towards the world, I could trace it back to what was I listening to? What had I started to listen to again? And it was, it was, um, it was the music, you know, the Proverbs 14, 14 says the backslider in heart, she'll be filled with his own ways. And when you start to go your own way, uh, you know, as Frank Sinatra, that filthy dreamer said, you know, my way, he did it his way. You know, you're in, you know, you're in bad company and bad trouble when you start to go your own way and you you turn your back on the Lord. You know, the, just in that same proverb, a um, few verses up, uh, verse 12, it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, yeah, and people have, you know, Frank Sinatra thought he had his own his own way of doing things. And, and you know, speaking of filthy dreamers, you already mentioned John Lennon. But yeah. he, he, his, his big hit was Imagine. And here's what he imagine. wants you to imagine. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us. Uh, really? Well, yep. he's not imagining it now. He's he's living it now. He's seeing that the, in fact there is a hell because he's in it. And, yeah. and I don't say that with any pleasure, but I, you know, the, if if you're at all thinking that oh I can dabble in this music and stuff, and uh, well, I'll tell you, you can't. Um, and you and why would you want to? It it doesn't take long to even take a look at what these people believe and what they have to say. Not even in music, but if you've seen any in- interviews with them, they're fools. They they're absolute fools, you know. So, hey man, I would encourage you, uh, you know, just uh, if 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 music is something that you're drawn to, make sure you're drawn to the right kind of music. Make sure that you're listening to hymns and spiritual songs and. And and those things that are going to build you up in the faith, not things that are going to take you along, you know, out of the way and, and into your own way. 
it's a it's a big mistake. Yeah. And it's easy to do. It's easy to do. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in the malls. They they got this mm-hmm. stuff piped in everywhere you walk in the dentist office, the the restaurants. I mean, they're just piping it in constantly. And it's a it's a it's an it's an everyday battle for for um, certainly is for me to you know, as I get older, it, it's less of a battle. But I imagine, you know, those new Christians that are that are, um, you know, have been filled with this stuff from day one. It's got to be tough. All right, guys, what do you think? Well, Amen. Um, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things that can be said, and and I'll just try to say just a couple of things here, and then and then uh, in the course of the conversation, we can add more. But uh, there's a scripture that comes to mind, especially when you were reading those quotes from the from all the artists and uh, producers and so forth, and, and that verse is abstain from all appearance of evil. Uh, if that's their idea of what their music is all about, then a Christian ought to abstain from that appearance of evil, even if they're not participating in the sins that the music promotes, you're still associating yourself with it. Uh, sadly, uh, Christians have now I- embraced the kind of music that uh, is is called the world's music, and they've embraced it for their own. Uh, Christian rock, as as Matt's already mentioned, I think there was a, a gradual uh, um, moving uh, away from godly music to to uh, what we're having now what we're experiencing now, what, what modern churches, contemporary churches are, are using for their services and so forth. And, and just briefly, some of that music was, as Matt mentioned, was, was uh, spiritual in nature. It was supposed to speak to the spirit, not to the flesh. And uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, when you get into the, the transition that moves, I, my own observation of it is basically this, that uh, when uh, the old-time Christians started singing their hymns, you know, Rock of Ages and all these other kind of songs, they started slowing them down. They started slowing them down to the point where they were like funeral dirges. And that's something, that, as a song leader, I fought against for a long time, trying to get people to sing it in a tempo that would encourage enthusiasm and excitement about it. Uh, with the music slowed down, basically they lost the joy. They lost the enthusiasm, and they lost their shout. Uh, No longer did the words mean anything to them, and so then they were looking for some way to express themselves, and they went into a mode that I call the the, uh, nightclub style of, of singing. Uh, Jimmy Swagger's probably famous for this and some of the others, but they would sing a song with a breathy sound. That would uh, that you would find in some of those nightclubs and so forth, uh, and uh, I don't know if I could demonstrate it, but um, oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds Thy hands have made. Oh yes, He did. You know, doing those kind of things, and just they've they've moved from ministering to entertainment. And then once they went there, then you had in the 60s and the 70s a bunch of people that got saved out of the rock and roll music, but it was still in them. And they were frustrated musicians and frustrated people that still liked that kind of music, their flesh did. 
and so they tried to incorporate it into the into the Christian uh, music realm, and so you had this battle going on, and and uh, it's moved now to the point where young people. Uh, I've I've seen some things now. I obviously haven't been there, but I've I've seen some things now where they have uh, in rock or whatever punk or whatever it is. They have the mosh pits, and I've seen Christian mosh pits where the kids are in the music and they're jumping straight up and down. All it's not really I don't know if you call it dancing, but they're just jumping up and down and bodies are uh, bumping up against each other and they're they're the music is overtaking them. And uh, that's not a god; that's of the world. And uh, it's uh, it's just uh, it goes back to the verse that I started with: abstain from all appearance of evil. What they're doing in those mosh pits is probably what they were doing in Exodus chapter thirty-two when they're jumping up down with the the sound of uh, war in the camp. So I'll go ahead and stop there. But there's there's a lot of things that that can be said. And, and Matt, you did a good job in presenting it and showing you know, the difference between the two and uh, how it's, it needs to be a spiritual thing as opposed to a fleshly and a carnal thing. Amen. Yes, definitely a lot of good stuff. I There is a lot of good material in the Bible on music, and Brother Matt brought you a lot of it, and quite frankly, there's still a lot more. I've preached on it, and for years— I used to bring a message. I called it, uh, you worship, you know, not what taken from John chapter four and branched in. I I still got a lot of material, even that brother Matt didn't cover. And I'm, um, I'm not going to get into it because I may actually do this sometime in a, in a separate podcast, some addition. He's already laid a great foundation and given you a lot of deep stuff as well. I'll just say, I'll just give you one thing here. Um, Proverbs 25 verse 20, it says, as he that taketh away a garment in cold weather and as vinegar upon nitre, so is he that singeth songs to an heavy heart. And what goes on a lot of times with the world's music is is they're singing to heavy hearts because these were, the, the people have heavy hearts in this world. And so they have, yes. a, they have a, a great audience to reach. But what they do with their wrong kind of music and worldly music is, is they essentially take away the garment in the cold weather, figuratively speaking. In other words, that which was to comfort has been stripped away. Because you're not giving them an answer, you're giving them a placebo. You're giving them something to temporarily make them feel better, but there's not not enough substance to it uh, to 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 make to minister to their soul and and change them on the inside the way they need to be changed in the, with the Lord. And additionally, you're stirring them up that vinegar upon nitre, like uh, taking vinegar and baking soda and watching it, you know, fizz up. You're you then. F- Take something that's um, already a heart that's already struggling, and you stir it up to a frenzy. And a lot of the stuff you see that takes place, as far as violence and wickedness, a lot of it has music motivating them. You take uh, Charles Manson, you know. I think his biography, um, or certain, or movie, or maybe both, was called Helter Skelter because uh, he was motivated a lot by that. The words of that song that song going in his head, you know, uh, from, from the Beatles and, and it stirred him up in a wrong way and not that the Beatles intended for that to happen, but it just gets to show how this stuff gets a hold of people and works on them and, um, sends them in the wrong direction. And so the, the heavy hearts get stirred up like vinegar upon nitre. The comfort is taken away. And the, whereas the Lord's music brings the comfort 
and ministers to you, and, and a lot of it will point you right to salvation. Mm-hmm. And then um, just to elaborate a little bit on uh, uh, lyrics, are just they're pretty wild in some of these songs, but just elaborate a little bit on what Eric was saying with John Lennon and uh, his Imagine, um, some notes that I already had down, but a little more fullness of those lyrics. Imagine there's no heaven. He says, it's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. And then, imagine all the people living for today. Well, you know, you don't even have to imagine it anymore. Because we're living among people who, many of them, don't believe there's a heaven, don't believe there's a hell, and all they're doing is living for today. No eternity in sight. And yet, the Bible says, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this is a judgment. And eternity is where everybody's going to spend forever. So a lot, of, a lot of this worldly music does, it just gets your mind off of eternity, onto uh, today, and onto life, and you never think beyond that. And there's a lot of people going to wind up in hell, by the way, without their music. Man. You know, uh, maybe say one thing uh, to anybody that's maybe in a church or, or any leadership of churches that maybe listen into the podcast. Uh, God's never told us to use the world's methods to uh, gather a following. And uh, one of those methods, obviously, would be the rock music or the Christian rock music and so forth. Uh, I've been in, in some of these mega churches where they literally have a light show going on while the congregation is supposed to be singing and the praise team is up there doing their thing and the, the Christian band is up there with the TV cameras, guys dressed in black going from instrument to instrument and getting close-ups and showing it on the screen and the uh, colored lights are flashing all over the all over the building, and uh, I think a lot of times people, uh, pastors or or uh, uh, youth leaders or whatever, they're they're seeing that their attendance is declining, and so what they want to do to get the get the congregation rolls back up is to use the world's methods, and uh, they're they're moving to that music because they're trying to grab a hold of those kids that have left the church. Because they think Christian music or traditional Christian music is boring, and uh, I tell you what, you know that's the superficial look at the hymns. Uh, of course, it said uh, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and they're trying to say that the modern Christian music is spiritual songs, and it's not because it's ministering to the flesh and not to the spirit. So therefore, it doesn't qualify as a spiritual song. When you take a look at the words and the depth of the words of these hymns, uh, they don't come any, I mean, the modern music doesn't come anywhere close to what those hymns can offer and what they, how they can minister and speak to your soul and to your spirit. So I would urge anyone in leadership to really reconsider their motive in, in adding the, 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 the contemporary kind of music into their churches because it's it's only for a how can I say a carnal reason uh, because they just don't want to lose the numbers and uh, you know if you can't get them with the right stuff I mean what's the sense of getting them yeah. I mean you may say you may say well you know we have a chance to preach the gospel to them but how are they gonna how are they gonna believe the gospel if you're using the world's methods I mean it's it's like it's it's countering the very effect that you want to try to 
try to uh, instill. And and you're going to get people that all they're doing is having an emotional attachment to God as opposed to a spiritual attachment to him. And uh, you're just, it's it's going to be counterproductive. It's not going to produce what you hope it will by doing that. And let me just add, because, you know, some would argue uh, on a lot of factors, a lot of factors in this point, but, but one argument that might be made would be, um, you know, sometimes we sound like if a song is written in our day and age, that makes it automatically bad because we talk about contemporary music, right. but we're talking about a style. Yeah. It's still possible yes. to write a good song in our day and age. So Amen. just the fact mm-hmm. that just the fact that these songs are written way in the past, a lot of them are hymns. That doesn't make them necessarily good. It's just that there was better quality back then. They probably had some bombs then that never made it to, to our right. day. Amen. But you can still come up with a good song today. But you need to follow the the proper uh, spiritual. Uh, ways of of delivering it and, mm-hmm. and and the words that put it together you know one of the great things i love about a lot of the hymns you take a lot of um charles wesley's hymns for example is they're just interlaced with scripture and i mean just these guys had the bible in their hearts and it burned in their bones and it came out when um the lord gave them songs and and that's there's substance to them amen amen Good job, Matt. Thanks again for bringing that. Amen. And, yeah. uh, I look forward Amen. to uh, Pastor Strobel's, uh, or anybody. I mean, we could add, like Pastor Strobel said, we could add so much onto this. And so I hope, uh, Pastor Strobel, you do. I hope you do either do a series or at least one episode of this. Yes. You, and uh, I think I've, I've heard your uh, that uh, lesson, that sermon that you did on music, or one of them. Way, mm-hmm. way back when so yeah, I'd like to hear more too good stuff remember this is our 10th anniversary and, and why is it our 10th anniversary because in January of this is January 18th of 2009 we started the podcast today this podcast is being posted on January 18th 2019 so 10 years we do have a, a really nice Bible to give to you, 716-584-1611. Be our 10th caller. Leave some way for me to get a hold of you so I can get this Bible to you if you're the 10th caller. And uh, it'll be yours. Amen. Do you guys feel 10 years old? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, haven't been t- I haven't felt 10 years old for a long time. <laughs> I don't even feel 10 years older. So. Look at you, the young whippersnapper of the group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I look ten years older. That's for sure. Doesn't doesn't take long. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: some of my gray hairs are starting to turn blonde again, so I'm feeling younger. And I'm not dying, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly for my kids. <laughs> Inside joke there. Amen. All right. Anything else for the good of the cause? Well, I would add, uh, you guys are in, anybody is in the Western New York area. Um, Pastor Vince Giardino hosts a men's prayer meeting from time to time, and there's one coming up January the 26th. Um, he has asked me to preach it. Uh, a lot of times I'll go to hear other people preach uh, there, but uh, it's at Gospel Light Bible Baptist Church. It's Saturday, January 26th at 9.30. Starts with breakfast, then we have um, some uh, good men singing, and this is for men and young men. 
Uh, sometimes he opens it up to families as well, but this is uh, strictly a men and young men's prayer meeting. And after the good rousing men sing, and it's a blessing to hear these men sing in the congregational songs there and participate with them. Uh, that's followed by uh, preaching and some prayer time. So if you're in the area, we'd invite you to join us. And well, I did send uh, Eric. I sent you a flyer. Maybe we could post that if folks sure. want to see, and um, they could look up how to get there. Put it right on the uh, front page of the website. So if you haven't been to the website, if you've maybe are listening through this to this podcast through um, what um, iTunes or some other way that you've you've acquired the podcast, if you go to thatsinthebible dot com, you'll see all the show notes and all the website information there. <laughs> And, and I did want to say, I wasn't only mentioning that just to let you know, but uh, uh, pray for me, would you? Uh, pray for me for the message. And uh, I know some of you get a real blessing out of these podcasts, and I do want to encourage you to pray for uh, each and every one of us. Uh, we all have different things that we do in the ministry and our local churches. Um, so we appreciate your prayers. Amen. Amen. All right, fellas. Well, we played the song, so... Uh that's it. Thanks for coming, and uh, we'll, Lord willing, see you again real soon. Amen. And uh, that's not what I wanted to do. This is. has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at that's in the Bible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.